Hi, this is Jesse, and I'm the editor of Angelic Magazine. For this podcast, I sat down with Ali Gentry and Luce Navarro. Ali is the lead and the founder of Arise Phoenix, and Luce is the worship leader of Arise Phoenix. Arise Phoenix is a monthly gathering for the women of Phoenix to come together and experience fellowship, community, biblical teaching, and worship. And they very recently kicked off their second season of Arise. And for this podcast, I wanted to know the ins and outs. How was season one? What was it like to actually start a women's gathering from scratch? I wanted to hear from Allie, from her experiences of putting on Arise Phoenix, what she learned. And I wanted to hear from Luce. What is it like to lead a group of women into worship for the sake of just gathering in his name? Arise Phoenix meets on the third Tuesday of each month. You can visit them online at arisephx.com. So I guess my question is, how did year one go? How did it go? What were your expectations going into it? Were your expectations met? Was there disappointments? Were there, like, what? How how did it go? I'll start. Okay. Um, Yeah. I think that year one, we made it. Yeah. So that's celebratory in and of itself. I think there... I think when you start it and you start inviting people to come to an event that you don't know if anyone's going to show up to, except for your mom. (laughs) <laughs> the worship leader. <laughs> uh, no, but you don't know exactly who's coming. So, like, how do you prepare? How do you plan? How do you, you know? And so, after that first one, we're like, okay, we, we launched it. We invited people that we knew. We had over 100, I think, the first night. And we're like, okay, this is interesting. People showed up. <laughs> okay. Did you really not think people were going to show up? I didn't know how many. Like, I, I didn't know if it was like, are we, are we going to like shooting too high right now for numbers like should we be somewhere smaller in a smaller venue did we just overshoot this like I feel like the Lord's saying this but I mean you just don't really know until you just step out and try it and that's the scariest part absolutely I feel um I've told some people I feel like last year was the most vulnerable year of my life almost that we've gone through because you're constantly risking and trying and a lot of times the first year people are coming because they know you personally not because they've heard by heard you know word of mouth where it trickles out and if people don't you know like you feel like you might disappoint them or it's kind of your face your name on it and what if it just like you know falls totally flat um, or I'm trying something and there's just nothing here but to trust that God actually said to do it even in the midst of all the fear all of the what if what if people don't like it what if people why are you doing this why do you think you can do this Mm -hmm. like why do you think God told you to do that like I had the enemy just like coming like all these fears and everything and so that's where the great part was pushing through the first one was a huge like to me a personal to our team it was like oh my goodness people showed up wow there's something here something's happening we gotta keep going (laughs) it's like oh well next month here we go so that was exciting um just to know that there's a need okay we're meeting a need so for people listening to this 
who have attended Arise and they don't know any of the behind the scenes, but they just came. What weren't they seeing? I know you talked about like all the what ifs. What weren't they seeing behind the scenes of like what was prayer like for you girls? What was that like? What did that look like specifically in praying for Arise? Whether it's like God give me the courage, God bring people. It was a lot of um, for, in my part. Like mine was. I think I was a little more like insecure about it because I'm like, and especially for on the the worship team, it's because we we were trying to pull from people who want to like who's going to volunteer to do this, and it was a lot of praying about Lord, you're going to provide, and we trust you because you put us here, and it was a lot of like give me the faith to like believe that. Mm-hmm. And give me just like the boldness to step out and ask people, but also to like trust you that it's gonna work out. Even though you know when there's worship, there's technical things you have to think about. You know, do we have a sound person this time? And they're running late or something like that. And we're just kind of scrambling. But it was a lot of like, or give me peace here. Let me trust you and let this be. And, and ultimately, it was like let this be a blessing for them. You know let this have a connection with the women that come like let us we're real people and we're putting this on for women you know for us coming together so it was a lot of like bless them but also please help us okay (laughs) how many times i just said help help jesus so so this is a, a guy asking this question is boldness something women struggle with would you say most women are bold or they're not bold? I don't know if... Mo- I wouldn't say most. I would say, I guess in generality, I think that boldness is something that's difficult for women to just walk into um, and to walk out in life because there's kind of pushback on that. It sounds almost bossy. It almost sounds like too much or too aggressive, but you want to be feminine, but you want to be strong. It's like, how do we balance this idea of really stepping boldly because then girls too are different um can be where it's like a little bit cattier okay okay like that's why one of my fears was that other girls other women other people I've grown up with would be like why does Allie think that she can do this okay so my boldness and my timidity came from wondering if other people think why does she think she can do that Okay. And it's an interesting, so when I'm trying to step out in boldness, I'm so worried about what other women might say. But what is beautiful is, is that as we have stepped out in boldness, mm-hmm. as we have stepped out and we've done the, the events, that women are coming here and they're just like, thank you for doing this. Thank you. How, where has this been? Like, mm-hmm. And so many didn't even want to break for the summer. And these are women that, and girls, we had nine-year-old girl in there and an 88-year-old woman in there, everything in between. And these women are just so thankful that we decided to trust God <laughs> over what we were hearing in our minds and to step out in boldness to, to say, this is um, this is what God has for his, his daughters right now in Phoenix, and we want to be a part of what he is doing. Um, so even though it can be more difficult to naturally step into it, what I've gained from that is that women that are here and who are showing up are so thankful that that we have and that we did. And now they want to join in. They're bringing people. They want to volunteer. And it's catching fire, okay. that boldness. So for you girls specifically, if you can think back to before you did the first Arise 
till right now. You're starting tomorrow, second season, right? Mm-hmm. How has your individual boldness grown? What does that look like? <laughs> well, for me, I think um, I really learned so much to settle into the authority God has placed in, like on my lap. I say, hey, I gave you this mm-hmm. to take. Don't try to push. Because I was like, oh, that's not me. I remember Allie, when she asked me to do this, well, she didn't. It was when we first talked about it, she was like, I don't know if it's going to do worship. And then I knew it was me the whole time. And I was like, I don't know, maybe there's somebody. (laughs) (laughs) And the Lord was like, no, it's you. And so I think I've learned to say this is from, and I question it, honestly speaking, from a very honest point is, I question it like, Lord, are you sure this, like, this is a big deal, you know? And why did you question it? I, I think just doubt and... Was it lack of confidence? Being a... Yeah, being, having fear. I think okay. that was like a big thing that the enemy would try to like... Mm-mm. And it's like the alley thing. Like, why do you feel like you should be doing this? Why should she, mm-hmm. you know? And it was a like instant reminder. Whenever I would pray about it, it would be something like... The Lord would just provide the perfect... Hey, this is your path. This is where I have you. Right. And, um, and I've grown, I think, as a worship leader, I've grown. Um, just being having that freedom of, like, this is okay to step out in boldness and to really just be open. And I think vulnerable is a good word that we both, I think myself, too, last year was a big, a big word for me was, like, we're vulnerable here. We're, we're open. And um, I think it was just... It was like learning to to sit and and to take that authority Lord has placed and really own it. Okay. And say, okay, go with it loose. Mm -hmm. So think back to when you first grabbed the mic for the first Arias, right? Uh Uh-huh. How has, not like necessarily your singing voice, but how has your voice as a woman changed from that point till now? As far as like... I'm sure there was some, t- you know, a little bit of timidness when you mm-hmm. grab that mic. So tomorrow night, when the second season comes around, mm-hmm. like, how have you, how has your voice as a woman grown? What does that look like for you? Um, so I just think of um, one of the first, the vision that Allie had about women stepping up and, like, having kind of this battle. Okay where we make this battle line with women. And I think last year, the first time I sang, it was, it was oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to get this song wrong. And I'm just thinking, uh, what if they don't like it? What if they don't like these songs? They don't, they're not going to know it. And they're not going to connect or maybe. And I think now I'm coming into it with more of like, let's all go. We're heading to this place. Mm-hmm. We're going to meet the Lord here. He's going to come. We're going to be in his presence. And I think it's more of a, like, I'm excited to go. And I'm going to hold your hand and I'm hold God's hand and we'll bring them together. Okay. And I think that's that's the boldness. Like, excited to say, come on. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. And there's more of an excitement now than last time I was like, oh. Well, that's such a great way to put it. <laughs> the, going into the second year, the excitement is different. Yeah. Like, I feel kind of giddy about tomorrow. And last year I was like... I'm going to run away. 
Only for moments. Only because I was like, what if, what if so, all this doesn't go right? And like, what if we do all this stuff? And like, you know, at the end of the day, like you, even going back to the prayer part, it was like, Lord, we, I just, and I wrote it in my journal this morning. I want to do whatever I can. Our team wants to do whatever we can to give the best conditions for these women to encounter ourselves to encounter God's presence, Mm -hmm. but we cannot make him show up Mm -hmm. tangibly. Like the way that it did that first night of arise last year, like we were just like, how are we going to do all this? And then all of a sudden, like you could feel his presence in the room. Like the women were talking about it and like, we just entered into worship and it was beautiful because these women are coming, coming with the expectation of meeting God. And we were too. We're just like, you've got to show, you know, and no matter what else is going on, if you have a people ready and wanting and willing and, and expecting to meet with God, mm-hmm. he, he's there. He's going to show up and he's going to show up mightily. And he's done that continually. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, I've seen him do it over and over and over again even when we didn't have all of the perfect cards outside or the 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 technical difficulties beforehand happened and sometimes I was scattered with my message because I was trying to take care of like where do those buckets go you know and I was like wait I got a message in my head like (laughs) you know like the the switch of that like it didn't matter like when we came as leaders and we're just like lord you this is yours like if you do not show up like this thing's gonna just fall flat and he continually just showed up and when you rest in that presence and you rest in the fact of his faithfulness like he did prove himself to me personally this last year um to in a whole new way that built my confidence to say, okay, if I really believe that the Lord is saying and asking something of me, if I step into it, if, if something happens, then he'll correct me. But also he's correcting me. So that means he's there. And then if I step out and everything is wonderful and he just falls, that means he's there. So like, he's still there. Like when we're seeking after him, no matter what we're trying or what we're doing, if we think we hear him, he's still with us and he's going to guide us and lead us. And I I believe that's the reason why I have a different excitement going into tomorrow um, because he's proven himself to show up and I'm excited and I just know he's going to do it again. So I'm like, I'm pumped to see what he does and how he does it. So another thing that I'm curious about is where your girl started to where you're at now. What kind of obstacles were put in your way that you overcame, if any? Whether it's spiritual attacks, whether it's whatever it might be, what were they? Yeah, I definitely had a rough year, which is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, wow. I'm going to be honest around here. (laughs) A rough year. Okay, go on. A rough year. Um, Personally, personally. But I try to just hold it together, keep going, because sometimes you're just like, if I break down, like, this whole thing's going to just fall, Um, which is not true. I think sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves to to come through for things, and... um, But I would say that personally, I had a lot of things come up, just emotional things that I didn't know. I thought I had dealt with before. I mean, even that fear of rejection, the fear of 
um, failure that I thought, okay, even like past relationship problems, like all of a sudden, all these like weird things came out of the woodwork and I should have known it was going to happen because we're over here standing and saying, not in our city, like these women were going to come from all ages, all denominations, all backgrounds, all cultures come together and worship God as one in unity. Uh, of course the enemy is going to be on attack for that one. And that's where I feel like whenever you make a stand like that, it's just crazy to watch the warfare that happens, like the spiritual warfare. People don't like to talk about that, but um, there is a war going on, whether we acknowledge it or not. And when we stand and we stand, um, especially in unity, because if the church can be unified, like the world's going to be confused Mm -hmm. and then they're going to want to know how and why. And that's what's going to draw them in because it's because of love. And that's why when we, the world looks at us and sees how we love one another, they're going to know that we've been with Jesus. And that's what it says in scripture. And because of that, it's like the vulnerability, which we've talked about, is actually one of great strength, I think. It's the courage to step out and put yourself out there um, for the good of others. And that's really what we tried to do. But it's a very, like, revealing place. And you feel like you're not giving enough to everybody. You're trying to manage a lot of different things. And um, I think that that fear of failure, failing everybody, or rejection, that I thought that I've kind of worked through to some extent, just like got blown up. But the beautiful thing is like God used that situation when we were stepping out to prune my character to help show those things. Where am I not relying on God? Where am I thinking these things? And um, it just was, sometimes there was just like, we've just got to get to another one. Like, I've just got to figure out how do we get through this? Okay. And um, what's different about this year is that we have a team in place and I wasn't trying to just make sure I did everything. As a leader, um, that's not a great place to be. You've got to have the team around you. Um, and that's what this year is looking different because we've created structure for that. So I feel different, but like that, this last year was, I felt like personally feeling like I just could not get it like right for okay. any, anyone or any place. And, and I, and I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to say it, but what I will say and what I've told people is it almost felt like I was pushing a wall, like I was standing in front of a wall, like this massive brick wall. And I just was praying one day and I had this vision and I was like pushing against the wall, but my feet were in mud Okay. and I was just slipping like over and over. And I just like, the wall wasn't falling down. It wasn't moving, but I was pressing and I was going because I felt like God was telling me like, keep going, keep pushing, like keep walking. And I'm like, okay, Lord, but I barely got any strength left. (laughs) So you're going to have to help me. And then I remember when I was praying that I saw as I was pushing, I got this different perspective of the wall actually inching forward. But what I couldn't see in the moment when I was pushing, I didn't even see that it was going like centimeter by centimeter, like inch by inch. And I just wanted the whole thing to move quickly. And the Lord taught me perseverance and character building and, and that push through that, that he's still working even when it feels like you're not sure if you're going anywhere. And I felt like that last year. And this summer, it just felt like the whole thing fell down. The walls fell down. And I felt like all of a sudden I can run again. And he's like, 
wonderful. Like, let's go into this one excited with the team and a crew. And, and I just felt this weight um, kind of come off of me after getting through that year. Okay. I know it sounds bad, but it's not, like, not at all. When you pour out so much and you don't know what you're expecting. Like I've said before, like if I would have known what I was signing up for, I would have, I don't know if I would have stepped into this, but now knowing what all is into it, like I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that I did, but it, it is hard work, you know, it's hard work, but God is so faithful and that's what has pulled me through. So for someone who is going to come to an what do you call it? An event? A gathering? What? What? How do you? What is your verbiage? Uh, gathering. Okay. Our Our Instagram says monthly gathering of women. Okay. So for a woman coming to the gathering, who's never come before, what can they expect? Um, I think they're gonna be welcomed for sure. I think that's just the 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 spirit of like last year that was felt so much because you got to see so many people different backgrounds that I think was one of the things that really surprised me as you know Mexican woman um is that explain well yeah like you you come to an event and it's normally just like all one color you know or you have your Hispanic people in one gathering you have your people your black people you have your white church you have everything like that and so to see so much diversity at Arise was really something I've always prayed for because I love that I love Mm -hmm. not only intergenerational where we have our what nine-year-olds and our 88 year old Mm -hmm. but there was people of so many different backgrounds so many different colors and I thought that was really good and I'd love to see more of that but I thought the the best thing that I could see from it was that they all were so welcoming to each other even people who've never met each other was they were just talking and you know friendships came from a rise that you know people would have never thought and I think that that's one if you're a new person coming to it don't feel scared because women are just there to be women and love on each other right and you don't get the presence of like you don't get the sense that somebody's being weird or that you feel uncomfortable and you know there was always somebody going up to somebody who was alone and hey it's going if it was you know if Ali and I could do it we would go and talk to whoever and I think that as a new person they can expect that from the beginning before the service even starts and then um, you know just worship and good teaching and just like I don't know. It was just like this feeling of that you're with sisters, kind of, and you don't you don't know them all, but you just feel close to each other in a way where you're like, I don't know you, but I feel you where you're at. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I don't know you, but I will know you. Right. And we'll pray for each other and we'll worship together. And I think that's something you can expect. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, the question was, when a woman comes who's never come before, what can she expect to experience? Well, I love that we started there because it's true with our with our team and, and our women just loving on each other. Um, when you walk into the worship experience, is kind of how I say it, because worship is more than just, not just singing, but more worship is more than singing. Worship is a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Worship is... Yes, music, but worship is also speaking and teaching and learning. And actually, when people are teaching or preaching or speaking, when you're listening and engaging in that, that's actually like 
an act of worship too, because you're hearing from the Lord, you're engaging in the scriptures. And then to, we do that every time. Um, we do prayer together in some way, shape or form. And we also do a giving highlight. Um, so we do an outreach every time. And so that's usually something that's going on in Phoenix, whether it's an event or a nonprofit here in Phoenix that we want to get behind or support or have our women go and serve. We have women that served at some of our outreach stuff last year that are now every month there on their own and bringing their own friends to go and do that with the highlighted organization that we did for the month. And that's what we want to do. We want to worship. We want to give a word. We want to pray together and we want to give. I mean, we've got to give our time, give even space on a platform to uplift women um, who are in the trenches with us. We just didn't know it. You know, and they're all around the valley, and we want to lift up different events coming here or happening in the in the valley or different ministries. This is a sisterhood. This is this should be a place of unification and a place of uplifting. So to give looks different in different times, but I hope that it's always a space that like we're uplifting each other. And so you can always expect that our speaking looks different. We've switched it up a few times. Sometimes it's just one person speaking. Sometimes it's we've split. We've had a couple people up there speaking, and other times we've had panels. So it just it looks different. We don't mind switching it up, but the core of it looks the same, and we always have worship, um, the music at the beginning, and, and prayer. So we like to do just a little bit of a creative element to each one. So it's a little bit different each time. Okay. So whether whatever it might be or a gift or something, we like to give it a little switch up each time, but the structure of it is the same. Okay. Yeah. So to someone who's not in Phoenix, who saw the Instagram posts for this being advertised, Women's Gathering in Phoenix podcast, check this out. Say they're in, I don't know, we'll go with Miami. Um, they're like, we would love for this to happen in our city. What advice would you give to someone who has a dream for their city to do something like this? Like, what advice for worship? What advice for speaking would you give to someone? I'll, I'll just start on this one because I think uh, the biggest thing for me at the beginning was commit (laughs) because when you came and asked me or just talked to me about it Jesse um I it's something that has been what I would caution is at first like it's not just something that you just brought to my attention and I was like oh this sounds so fun I'm gonna do it I really believe that wasn't the reaction (laughs) (laughs) that was not my reaction Uh, let's be real because I understood the weight of like spiritual weight of it and like the undertaking I thought I understood I still didn't even understand I understood enough to be like I better walk into this very like carefully and I always want to know that this is what God is wanting for me to do it might you know I want to make sure it was for me for what he had for me to walk into but um it's something that I'd, I've written in my journal five years before we ever met about why doesn't someone just have a gathering? We love conferences. Conferences are wonderful. I do love conferences. I go all the time. <laughs> but like, what if we had them monthly? 
Like, what if we had them regularly? And it wasn't just my age. I'm so tired. I just, I love my people, but like, I want to learn from other people and I want to give to the younger girls so they can see how it works. And I literally have that in my journal from January 4th. I wish I remember the year right now, but I guess 2018 says to be 2013. But I know it's January 4th. And I, weirdly, I was sitting at a PETA jungle when I had this revelation. And then we met at PETA jungle last year. I just put those two together. Wow, Lord, you are cool. Okay, and our first actual, our first talk with actual Peter Jungle show. Yeah, advertising right Peter. here. Sponsored okay. by. Sponsored by. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag ad. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, did not mean to. This is crazy. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Okay. It's good food. What can I say? Um, but it's something that had been on my heart for so long that when you said it to me, it was almost like, oh my goodness, this dream, like, Lord, is it really for me to do? I'd been wanting someone else to do it for so long. Is it something I'm supposed to step into? So when I first knew that he was saying it's go time, girl, I had to commit to that. So saying yes to you is really hard. But when you say yes, you start telling other people so you have accountability in what you're saying. But I think the first thing that I did was I looked at my network of people and started to say, who could do this? Who knows someone here? Who's at different churches? All of my friends around me, what churches do they go to? Because the wider that you have or the more people at different churches, it really can help. But I know of people who have done something like this. They start at their own church. So I think you have to kind of look first at, like, write, I wrote lists of who do I know who could be a worship leader? Who do I know who can play guitar? Who do I know is good at welcoming people? Who can put our photo booth together? Like, I don't know. I'm just going to start asking people and then go from there. And then who are my people at networks throughout the valley? And just started telling them what I had going on in my mind, if they would want to be a part of it, how they would want to be a part of it, and if they'd be willing to share about it. So that was truly my first step before I started to ask other people. And then we met Luce. So I mean we already knew each other, but we met about that. Yeah. So Okay. That's a to me that was like really helpful to look at because I don't think you sometimes we don't realize the amount of people we have around us or the network we have around us. Um and then when you start to really go through it, it just broadens your you're like, okay, this could actually happen. Mm-hmm. So that gave me that boost to start asking people. Yeah. And looking outside of your bubble. Mm-hmm. I think that was like, I was like, wait, I only know like five people. And then I'm like, wait, no, I know so many. So from a worship, I would say, worship perspective, I would say very similar is network, like meet people that are doing that and have a heart for it. And talk, just talk about that. So like, where's your heart like do you have a similar heart or that like is that something you would even want to do because then they get the heart of it and then you people will start kind of volunteering things that you never even thought of so I think Mm -hmm. that was my my thing is oh I'm trying to keep it in this box but really Lord had something totally different in mind and maybe people you never thought would be doing something they step out and they just surprise you because they have this hidden talent that you didn't know about or something and um or this gifting in like not just necessarily musically you know but Mm -hmm. other areas too and I thought that I think that stepping out and trusting but really connecting with people and sharing that if that's what your heart is calling you to share that with somebody because somebody might share that same heart and they might have something maybe they're 
another different kind of gifting that you never even thought you needed. Right. So from a worship leader's perspective, not so much on like networking and trying yeah. to get people here, but just purely in like leading worship. In leading worship. What would you give advice to someone who has been asked, will you lead worship at this gathering? What would you tell that person? Um, Either what to expect or what you learned or like, what would you t- say to that person? I would say, um, listen, because, um, really it's about, you really want to cater to the people that are coming in and say, Hey, what is something that we can all do together and sing together, especially when we're picking songs and thinking, you know, technically, I would say, what is this church over there doing? Because maybe they do different worship songs. And I talk, I talked to Allie about that. It's like, Allie, you know, everybody listens to the same songs that this church does. And so just putting out feelers and saying, hey, or listening or list, making sure you grow. Like if you go to a church, you visit something like some, a, ser- a service, you know what they're doing um, and just really see what's connecting with people and say, okay, well, this is something I never even thought because I've never been, you know, this is a style that they do here. This is a style they do over there. What's the best way that I can do that in my own style that's also going to reflect and connect and like just reach the people that are a different generation, you know, different background. What What's something that can bring us all together in unity? Like, mm-hmm. what are songs that people are singing? What are people listening to? What are the songs that you know, people are really just blasting in their car, you okay. know? And I think we, one of the things that we did for this one was putting out that, what are you listening to? What's the worship songs that you are like jamming out to? And that was so helpful because it's some things that maybe I didn't even listen to before. And it just kind of shows like, well, these people are listening to the same style or this, this version of this. And you're really like, what's the lyrics in that? Like, what's connecting? What part, What is that part of that song that's connecting with people? Okay. So I think that that's one of the, like, practical things I would say. Mm-hmm. Listen. Yeah, and I would say, too, when it comes to, I mean, even planning with the worship and, and with speaking and, and everything, what is your, if you're going to start one, like, for Arise, our goal is unifying like bridging all Mm -hmm. of it but also creating a place where people who don't go to church can feel comfortable coming in um they they feel like they can know kind of a little bit what's going on even the unchurch I I feel like some people who have come they're like I just haven't been to church in so long but I'm willing to come on a like on one of these night events to a women's group before Mm -hmm. I ever walk into the door on a Sunday which means, like, we have the responsibility to even speak the gospel. To, you know, like, don't just assume that everybody who's coming in is just, like, yeah. already knows. And um, But what you do want to do is have a focus of what is your vision, what's your mission for what you're starting in your city. Because there are some people that, like, there are some groups that just have worship nights. Mm-hmm. And they're wonderful. Like, go to the worship nights. They're fantastic. And it's all acoustic or it's all... It's all music for the most part, maybe some reading of scripture, but I knew that Arise was more, had more speaking in it, had more giving, like different, how it was going to look. So I think it's really important that you know your structure. So we knew that we wanted to do it that way. So that helps us guide, we need speakers, we need ideas for this. Um, 
whenever we were doing, we want to be intergenerational and multi-denominational. That plays into music. Okay. If we're going to be intergenerational, we should probably add in some of the older songs along the way mm-hmm. so that that crew can really connect. Mm-hmm. So that's important to us because that's also a part of our vision. So that also dictates what we will do during worship or speaking or prayer or giving too. But mine's not going to look like our vision at Arise. Any, a women's group could look different and they have a diff, they're like, hey, we're going to do an 18 to 25. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what is your vision? What's your what's your mission? What do you feel like God's calling you to? When you know that, it'll help you decide what the evening actually will look like, what to say yes to, what to say no to, and then what to compromise on. Okay. So I have two more questions. If What does it look like if you were to think about not ever doing a rise anymore? What does that look like for you? Is it sadness? What emotion is evoked when I say those words? Like, we're just going to stop. I got so sad. <laughs> I, I feel like I could cry right now. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'll tell you why I'm asking that. Because you're fully committed to it. Oh, yeah. But there are times where I'm sure you thought, yeah. oh, I just want to stop. Mm-hmm. Or can we keep going? Mm-hmm. So now that you're invested in the question, explain those emotions of thinking. Like, why are you so committed to it? Well, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to go because I started crying. I literally almost started crying. Also, the events tomorrow, it's been a long couple of days. <laughs> I'm very committed right now. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, of course, there's those moments where you feel like, I just don't know if I can do this. And I remember last year, I was like, I'll commit through December. Okay, I'll commit through May. I'll commit the nine months. And then at the maze arrives when people were leaving and people were like, what? We don't want to break. Why are you stopping during the summer? Like, can't wait till September, you know? And I just knew in my spirit before maze happened. But then when people were saying that, I'm like, yeah, God, you are, you are moving. This is, we're hearing you and we're walking in it. And when you know that, like, okay. Like almost like the Lord's just like, well done. Like, <laughs> you know, that feeling and just to know that there's a need and I have met so many people I would never have met like I the friendships and connections and stories that I that have happened since we've started I'm like blown away I would have never met them and we even have someone here that's now going to our church um who came before she was a believer, came to Arise, then started going to church and then got saved. And now she's like all in everywhere. She's just serving and just all like, what if we didn't, you know, the Lord works in great ways, but to hear those stories, like the stories of the one, okay, it really, it keeps you, you going. And to know the community that we have now, it's, it, it would just break my heart. <laughs> it really break my heart. But if the Lord, you know, the right thing to say. If the Lord wants to take it away, okay. But it would really make me sad. <laughs> I would be sad. I would really be sad, even though it's really hard work. It's really, it is to know that there's a monthly event coming every time. But it is the most joyful that I am, too, when it's happening. It's like where you're supposed to be. Yeah. I think that even, like, my, I would be sad. But I think as a, I don't know, I would say... Even if a rise, the name, 
doesn't, you know, that would, that's sad, but I think I would still even try to seek out because there is such a need for that. Okay. And when you have that heart, I mean, we're, we're sold on it. We're, we're, you know, all in, we're committed to it. So even if it doesn't have the label of a rise, I think just going out and still trying to reach other women and uplift and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, use that gifting for, for that. I think that would still try to kind of creep up and like, Hey, you know, you can't run away from that. Right. So I think that's. Okay. So even if a rise went away, you'd still be going after it. I mean, I would try really hard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When you know you're called to it, you're just trying to figure out a way to live out that assignment. And so right now, that's what we feel like is in front of us. But if the Lord took it, I really, or ask, you know, I I would still be going. I mean, I'm a women's ministry director here at church. So women really are, you know, part of the call that God has on both of our lives, like to serve women and to uplift and to bring that. Um, Just because we, I've come from a place where I was like hurt by that. And I was hurt in the church by that. Like, the, the pain that women can cause each other sometimes, just the gossip, the, you know, judging and, and not feeling welcome or clicky or that's some of the reason why I didn't, I kind of went from the church for a while. Okay. And it's interesting and honestly kind of ironic that I am a women's ministry director and now Arise is a ministry for women that we're leading because what I know is that once I came back to like the church and I, I really was sold out on the Lord, like he told me, now you got to go do something different about it then. Like if that hurts you and if that was something that like was really hard for you, now go back and do it different. Do it in a different way where people feel welcome, where people feel like they can be real, they can be authentic, they can say, this is my mess. But I'm sh- I'm here. Mm-hmm. I've showed up somehow. Like someone just please hold me. <laughs> like, please just talk to me. Please just you know just welcome me. And and that's why I try. We try to be as real as possible because that's where true growth and 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 even relationships can happen um, in the midst of the the joyous moments and the hardest ones. And I think that the Lord has called us to create at least me personally, create those spaces where we can be real and open and honest before the Lord and um, and grow in that. So wherever I would be, yeah. that's just a part of me. I think about finding that. I think for, in my personal, I've always wanted that safe space for that realness to happen, especially among women. Mm-hmm. Because you, you, like you said, you know, you, there can be so much judgment because a lot of things are kept hush-hush. And, you know, you got to look a certain way, present yourself a certain way. I think a lot of women struggle with the way that they, they don't want to be real with certain things. And having that safe space and, like, being able to provide that here for people. Because, um, I mean, this last year, I think we've, uh, Allie and I have both been very vulnerable from our positions. I think, um, me on stage, like, I think there was one time where it, the Lord was just like, you need to talk about this. And it was such a like insecure spot, and I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> I don't know if I should. And having that, I think when we were open to that and vulnerable ourselves in that, that opened up for other women. And right. I think that was so okay. What this is, this is from the Lord for sure. This is something right. where He has us, and like, gonna give that space to other people. Okay. So my final question. 
when this season of Arise is finished. So next spring, right? Mm-hmm. Next May? Yes. So May 2020. How do you expect, you know, if you could draw it up, right? If you could just write it up on paper and talk to Jesus and be like, Jesus, this is what I want to happen. How do you foresee yourselves changing as women from now to May of 2020? Specifically in your roles of being the speaker and being the worship leader. You can tell him, this is what I want, Lord. Even though it's like, you know, it's it's up to his will. Mm-hmm. But if you could tell him, like, maybe, what would you tell him? What would you write down on that piece of paper? For me, it a lot of my and I'm I'm an extrovert sometimes, most of the time. But when it comes to worship, I can get very just insecure about it. Okay. I don't, it's just like one of those things because I know that the Lord's gifted me in that, like giving me this, and I always question it. That's one of my things, and I think I I want to see myself in the next year, like in May where I don't hold back. And that's been my mission for this. Don't hold back from really letting the spirit move. Really, you know, going with the ideas that you have in your head, with things the Lord is speaking to you, with, you know, different, you know, song choices, with where the Lord wants to go in the moment. I think sometimes I've been a little bit reserved. And I think the Lord is saying, no, there's more that you have that you can give and that will open up for other women to not hold back either. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that when I look at May, where I'm standing or where I'm at, I would love to see that growth where it's not just me, obviously. Don't want it to be translated to the women. Mm-hmm. Don't hold back. Okay. That's good. Preach. <laughs> You speaking tomorrow night? <laughs> yeah, pretty good on that. Um, I would say that I want in May of 2020. I want to look back and see our team grow um, in their positions. They're just like their team, the teams that are underneath them. Um, because if that's happening, I think as a leader, that translates to where I, how I'm doing, I guess, as a lead. Um, I think last year it was really hard for me to just own the position that God has, has given me. And I want to walk in boldness of that. And, and this year to do it in confidence instead of in timidity. Because that actually made it a lot harder last year. Because I was afraid to ask people things because I didn't want, I felt bad. I didn't want them to feel like they had to say yes. And just getting used to the no, that it's okay if somebody says no. Um, just It's better to ask. Mm-hmm. You'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather have, I don't want to like have not because I ask not, you know? And so just as a leader to step up and to ask people and to get more people involved and work on the structuring of how this all works. Because if I, as a leader, am taking control of certain different things that other people can do, then I am almost taking away a way that people can give and serve. And then I'm not being able to spend as much time on where God is having me and the gifts that I need to use. So really learning like the delegation and, and the leadership and, and the speaking, of course, I pray that it's just 
even the Lord has really brought me through a lot this last year that I think that he's helped me so much in, in growing that. But I don't want to be speak. I'm not going to be speaking every month. Um, so I think for me, and you'll most likely be in the worship place every month, but for me personally, I think as an overall um, leader in this and trying to, to structure it, uh, to where it kind of, it just goes easier. Like people know what they're doing and they have teams and we have volunteers that want to serve and we have it ready to go. So then we can uplift more women in the Valley, like what they're doing and events that are going on as it grows to where I can see like the next stage of a rise, if you will, ready to start launching into how we grow out. So, um, I just want to see more women there that are inviting, they're new, they're excited, and they just are like, what? This was going on this whole time and I didn't know it. That's the best, you know, because the more that, are, it's not about the numbers, it's about the fact that when you're in a room full of that many, like, sisters that are just wanting to worship together and just want to love on each other and want to meet with God together, there is nothing, the, truly, there is just something about that. There's just, like, nothing like it. And I just want women to experience that. I really want them to experience what it feels like to be in that room. We can't manufacture it. Like the Lord shows up (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's just a beautiful, um, evening. It's a beautiful, like knowledge and experiential knowledge to know that that can happen. And it's a healing moment. Mm -hmm. And I think many women need to know that there is a place they can come. And there's a place they can be real. And there's a place they can be healed. Um, and I think that's just my hope. That it, that it, the gospel goes out and goes forth. Um, it's good news. And that's what we've been called to do. So if we're doing that, I'm praying that more people come and hear that. And see it and experience it and know him through it. So that's my hope. 